0: I think I mentioned within the last week or two that I'd watched a short video of a man named Richard Wormbrandt, who uh, had been in a Romanian prison for 14 years, uh, many of those years in solitary confinement. And it's had an effect on me, particularly when I'm reading scripture and I'm I'm seeing Paul um, in prison. And it used to be when I would read things that uh you saying I'm always all the time praying for you I'm always praying for everyone I'm kind of going yeah that's good I wonder if it's overstatement or if it's you know if, if it's real because I just you know how does a person devote their lives to that I want you to watch this video it's about nine minutes long and we'll look at it I want you to in a sense think this is what some of our early believers of the faith were participant in slightly different settings but very very similar so
1: my whole night i passed walking to and through through this cell we did, I didn't have shoes every night i began by meditating on the word of god the verses which i remembered by heart I meditated so much until, from meditation, I arrived to seeing the scenes about which the Bible uh, speaks. I really saw Abraham with his camels, and I saw Jesus surrounded by multitudes and preaching to them. I saw Saint Paul traveling. I saw the angels about whom the Bible speaks Everything became a reality to me. Then I would pass hours praying, praying for the whole world. I traveled in my spirit from one country to to, uh, another. Every night I would pray for America, for Britain, for Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, France. I would pray for your churches. I would pray for your children (coughs) as I'm very sure that you pass a good time of your night praying for the prisoners in communist countries. Every night I would deliver a sermon. There was no visible audience, but I preached to God. I preached to the angels. They are also interested to know what I think and what I have to say. I would prepare a regular sermon and I would deliver it. Sometimes, we would be handcuffed, with handcuffs like this, to the back. The hands tied to the back, we could not move them. Food was brought to us, we had to lap it exactly like the dogs, like this. We could not move our hands. The human body has many necessities. The hands were tied to the back day and night. But who can tie a soul? The soul can fly towards the Lord. It has not even to fly because the Lord is everywhere. We forgot that we are with our hands tied. And we pitied the communists. They have killed many Christians minions. They have tried to kill us. How stupid. They can kill only bodies. We are not bodies. We are spirit, and the spirit can't be killed. To die for Christ, loving Christ, means to go to glory, means to go to Christ. You wonder, probably, why I smile. It is because I wish to convey to you the joy of those who suffer for Christ in communist prisons. We think about their sufferings, and their sufferings are really huge. In red China, Christians are burned with red-hot iron pokers, They are pelted with stones while tied on crosses. Others are buried alive. In Russia, prisoners are compelled to stand the whole day barefoot on the ice. In northern Siberia, where the ice never melts, all kinds of physical tortures are used the sophisticated methods of brainwashing but this is only one side of the story prison is not hell in hell there is no water we have water we have rivers of living water i was in a cell like this during three years i and many other prisoners christians We are kept in such solitary cells, 30 feet below the earth. During three years, out of my 14 years of prison, I never saw sun, moon, snow, stars, flowers, trees. I had forgotten that these exist. You never heard a noise in that prison. People would believe that it has been only deep suffering. But when I remember that time, I remember it as a glorious time. The bride was in the embraces of the heavenly bridegroom. We received his holy kiss, we knew his caresses. It has been one of the most beautiful times of my life. But not about my life and my prison I wish to speak to you. I am free now. Hundreds of thousands are in prisons today, Watchmen, me, Van Min Dao, Sister Sung in China, Aida Skripnikova, Krapov, Prokofiev in Russia, Boyan, Georg Alexandru in Romania, and so many in other communist countries. They sit in cells exactly like this, alone. Alone, is it really alone? God is there, Christ is with them, and the holy angels fill this cell. And for the first time, being in solitary confinement, we realized the truth of what is written in Hebrews that a cloud of witnesses, those who have suffered for Christ's sake in times before, encompass around us. They are not somewhere far away. They were with us in ourselves, giving us strength, encouraging us by their beautiful examples. Feel with those in chains as if you, yourself, would be bound together with them, share their suffering, but share also their joy, and share cases of being buried alive, of crucifixions, but these sufferings are not held, because it is suffering with Jesus, he is with the sufferers, he blesses them, He gives them the grace of His presence. Hell means to be without Jesus in eternity. And at the conclusion of everything which you have seen, I would tell you, flee from hell. Seek paradise. And whatever you have done in your life, the gates of paradise are open for you. Only repent of your sins, the blood of Jesus Christ, has washed your sins away, believe in him and you will be saved. And being saved, remember your brethren and sisters in faith who suffer because they love the Lord and remember the hundreds of millions who are under communist oppression and have no possibility to hear the saving word of the gospel and remember the poor souls of the communist torturers. They also have to be saved. They must hear the gospel, pray for them, that the gospel might be known to them too. It's
0: kind of an amazing thing, isn't it? Did you catch his steps? Uh, it, it was only the length of the bed, so at most six feet, but uh, there were five steps And on the fifth one, he was turning around and starting the next. but it was you, know, you could tell it had just been routine for years. But that said, um, there was just a, there was a freedom about his life, even in that setting, right when When Shar and I were growing up the threat of um, conflict with the Soviet Union was the big deal. And you know we, we lived through the thing with uh, the Bay of Pigs incident in Cuba where Russia sent missiles into Cuba that could reach the U.S. easily. And so there's this question whether there'd be war and you heard of um, this militant, aggressive country that would take over the world. And, and so there's this cloud, you know, and in our day, now, there's, there's probably more of an awareness of a Muslim Brotherhood rising up in, in fears of, you know, this radical group, that's not the issue. There are always um, aggressive governments, and uh, you know, it, it, there are things that uh, we look at, but what I want you to note is that this man sitting in prison developed a, a mindset where he's praying for the rest of the world. He's deeply concerned for our country. Uh, you know that, that awakens something in me because I'm not that faithful in praying for others that way. Um, I, I wanna read just, I was taking this in light of Colossians, so I'll read uh, chapter four, verse three. Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. So he's declaring he's not just in a cell, but he's chained as well. And Often in that setting, the chain would be attached to the wall. So you wouldn't be going anywhere. Um, Paul, in the 18th verse, says, uh, write this, this is the last of the book, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains, grace be with you. So that's, that's the setting that he's in when he's writing. So very similar to a, a scene of what we saw with this. But he's making these comments. He says, I always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. Or the ninth verse out of that first chapter, he says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, We've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with all the knowledge through through His will, through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He says in Colossians 2.1, he says, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. So he's, he's writing to a church that he's never even met. But he says, "This is a part of my life. I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm praying for you all the time." In a setting like that, you know most of us would be upset if our bathrooms were that small. But confinement, like in this situation, he said, up to 14 years of, of imprisonment, three years of solitary, where you don't see the sun or anything of that nature. In that setting All that's unimportant just kind of evaporates. And so I I look at it and I'm going, okay, what keeps me from seeing similarly? What keeps my life from taking on things of similar importance? And the truth is, we have a lot of distractions around us, right? How many of you can get through a service without the use of your phone? How many have ever done that in the last year? <laughs> but I mean, it, it's just become a part of our lives, right? When, when was the last time you did not get on the internet one day? Or maybe I should say for three, four hours. You know, it, 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 that interaction consumes us. You know, every day, first thing in the office, I'm... Turn it on the computer, you know, and I'm I'm going through important stuff, you know. <laughs> but I I've I come to this observation when I'm watching things like this that um, I, I can't remember the last time I had just a, a day of solitude, so to speak. I had somebody come in the office yesterday and go, "It's quiet in here. How do you deal with that?" Because in their mind, there there wasn't there wasn't even a radio going. What do you do without that? You know, we we've we've gotten so used to the surrounding noise that seldom do we ever hone in, and then we wonder, oh God, how come I'm not hearing you? And and often it's just because we haven't really settled ourselves long enough to listen, and yet. In our hearts, there's this knowledge that I need the voice of God in my life. I need to have him speaking to me. I need to be aware of what's on his heart, and I need to be impressed with the things he's impressed with. I need to allow him to guide my steps. How do I do that except that I, uh, I open the door, so to speak? Now, this man certainly didn't choose prison, but once in, he turned it into a powerful opportunity for himself. This contrasts with one of the griefs of my heart, was that um, some of the kids in the church that I used to pastor are in their early 20s now. There's a group of four or five boys that... uh, Boys. They were boys when I knew them. Um, that have essentially just become gamers. You know that that's that's where their lives go. If you ever read what they talk about, you know it's how they conquered another level of something or other, and and how you know the, if their discussion it's all about their computer and what they can do next with the the, the graphics and such. And I'm just going these lives are being wasted. They they are not... And and they come from brilliant families. And they they were given a lot of benefits growing up. These are kids of engineers and and, uh, people that have done well career-wise. But somewhere along the line, we lost... We, we, we did not move them into something of health. And so it, it, every time I see a post that way, it grieves me. I'm just going. And, you know, I, I pray, God, bring them out of this. Bring them out of this. They, they were given something different. But I, I look at that, you know, that's the other extreme. And there's a tendency for an aimlessness or just a busyness within us that gets so caught up in the activities of the day that maybe we forget what's really important or we just don't take time to, to hear and respond to what God has for us. Um, Colossians 2, I'm going to go just a little bit more, but he says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know how much this guy was talking about the beauty of Christ and the wonder of Jesus? Paul has a similar mindset while he's sitting in jail. He says, I tell you this so that no one will deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, Though I am absent from you in body am present with you in spirit, um, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. So he's just, he's saying, this is so essential. This is what life is about. You've been given the fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Having been buried with him in baptism, raised with him through your faith and the power of God who raised him from the dead, God made you alive in Christ. Having canceled the written code and its regulations against us and stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And again, I look at this and I'm going if my theology is not matching his, why is that? My assumption is that his is better. My thinking isn't matching his mindset, whose mindset is twisted, probably mine. So I go back and you know if he's he's found wonder in the work on the cross, then there ought to be wonder for me to find as well. Don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, a new moon, a celebration, or a Sabbath day. He can't get to any of those celebrations. And I think in some ways he's realizing my life in God is good even without that. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Christ. Don't let anyone who delights in false humility or worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person goes into great detail about what he's saying, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He's lost connection with the head. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, things of don't taste, handle touch, all these are destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. He says, you can put a lot of man-made laws around you. It's not going to keep you from sin. The only thing that's really going to set you free is Christ himself. For you have been raised with Christ, such your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God and when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory so again he's in this little box everything of comfort has been stripped away all the freedoms of travel and exploring and excursion are gone. He's not going to be running to get some fast food. <laughs> he's not going to be heading to the store to get a, uh, some comfort, a new pillow for the prison, you know. But he's, he is stuck right there. And so, what does he come to? Set your mind on things above, set your heart on things above. That's where it's at. And that's where I'm challenged in this to to look at it and say, okay, can I get to this without having to go to prison? You know? Maybe it's going to take getting rid of some distractions and some things that seem good but really aren't important and just honing in so that my attitude becomes like this and I recognize how precious what we have really is. God, we pray that you'll help us to see things with your eyes. We pray that you'll help us to take the examples of others like Paul and like this Richard Wormbrand, and help us, Lord, to hone in on what really is important and to honor you with all of our lives. And Lord, even in this moment, let us know where we've been distracted and what we've allowed to creep into our life in such a way that it's, it's harming our relationship with you. Reveal that, that we can put it in its proper place. Be honored in our lives, we pray. We thank you for your great salvation. Amen.